BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi guys, welcome back to Note to Self with Peyton Sarton. That is me, I'm Peyton Sarton. I have a pretty exciting episode for y'all, an episode that means a lot to me. Uh, And I've actually been really nervous to talk about it tonight for some reason because I just want to do the subject justice because like I said, it means a lot to me. So I've been really, it's like, what time is it right now? 930. I've been sitting around my house since 730, like doing all of the other tasks that I was putting off just so I could put this task off. Also, so I could drink like three glasses of wine. (laughs) Please hold for wine zipping. Before we get into the episode, let's do a little life update. So things are moving quickly in my life right now. And I love that for me. There's a lot going on and I can't wait over the course of the next two months to share that with y'all. I know that's pretty cryptic, but I'm really excited. So stay tuned on Instagram and YouTube and things like that. I'm working really hard to put some really great stuff together for y'all. And I feel like taking you on this journey is going to be awesome. (laughs) I don't want to say any more than that. I feel like some of you might know what I'm talking about. Some of you might not. More life updates. I'm sure many of you saw, if you do follow me on Instagram, if you do not, go follow me on Instagram. It's at Peyton Sarton. If you follow me on Instagram, you saw that I went to one of my best friend's weddings last weekend. I know it's kind of interesting to talk about weddings in the middle of a how to be single episode, but this is my friend who through college, her name is Laurel. Her and I were definitely the two single girls in college. A lot of our friends had boyfriends. Of course, Laurel and I, we dabbled, but we didn't really have serious relationships. We definitely weren't relationship girls. I had started my blog later in college uh, when I was 21, and I was pretty wrapped up in that. Laurel um, was a petroleum engineering major in college. So between like studying, going to classes all day, and then hanging out with friends like on the weekends and stuff, she wasn't like dating a lot of guys at all in college. So this was like, when I think back, like one of my favorite single girlfriends. And when I first met her now husband, I, me being the single girl in this situation, um, and knowing my friend Laurel so well, who's literally an angel on this fucking earth. Let me tell y'all smart, beautiful, Makes you feel like a million bucks when you're with her. I have known her for 10 years almost now, and 
I don't have bad words to say about her. And how fucking rare is that? Okay. So also love her family too. They've taken me in with open arms over the course of the last 10 years. And she's just one of my favorite fucking people on the planet. So when she came to me and told me that she had found a boy at work, no less, uh, she was an intern and he was, he actually worked at the company she worked for. And she approached him by the way, <laughs> which is such a Laurel move to do because she gets what she wants and she'll just be like you, I want you. And then like, they just like all flock, you know what I mean? Anyways, I had met Josh previously, but I was blackout drunk when I met him the first time. <laughs> so I remember really first meeting him and I did not want to like him. Obviously I'm the one that's like, um, no one's good enough for Laurel met him. He's a fucking angel too. watching. There's something about watching my best friends who I love so much interact with someone that I can tell that they're in love with and that loves them. It's like one of my favorite things to do in my entire life. And there have been pivotal moments for me in my friends relationships where I've observed them and their significant other from the backseat of the car being the third wheel and gotten out of the car and like pulled them aside. And, and I've been like, what the fuck is going on? You are so in love. I love this. I'm freaking out. Like I'm so excited. So Laurel was one of those situations. My friend Tessa was also one. So Lolly going to her wedding was such an important thing to me. And she actually got married on her original wedding date, which was in 2020 during COVID. And they did like an only family ceremony, literally no wedding party, no bridesmaids, no groomsmen, nothing like that. Literally just family. And they got married and then a year later, they had the reception. So that was this last weekend. I got to bring Joe. I got to introduce Joe to all of my college friends, which are just like some of the most important people in my life because I've stayed friends with a lot of them, though mostly through like technology, social media, texting, things like that, because obviously I'm not in Texas right now. I am in Los Angeles and they're all in Texas. Many of them actually are married. A lot of them are married. Some of them are single. Lots of them are in relationships. So I brought Joe along to the wedding. He was welcomed with open arms. <laughs> Hold on. I have, I have something to say here because it's actually fucking hilarious. When I say he's wel he's was welcomed with open arms, I mean he became a groomsman. All right, let's step back. Let's step back. Let's let's rewind. So my friend Laurel is, is with this man, this amazing man, Josh. I fucking love Josh so much, okay? So... Josh and Joe met Joe's my boyfriend. For those of y'all who are new here, Joe is my, my boyfriend and he has been playing baseball for the past forever, la the last year. And he hasn't been able to like go as my date to anything. So this is actually one of the first things we got to go to together. That was like a formal fun event. Anyways, Joe and Josh met, I would say like eight months ago, nine months ago at our friend Tessa's birthday party. And they met very briefly, but they became friends and they're just like bros. Like, you know how boys talk to each other. They just like like sports together and they just like do whatever. So they've met each other and they're familiar with each other, but they're not like the closest of friends. Like most of my friends who live in Houston, who are at this wedding, they have husbands and boyfriends who know Josh really well. Right. So and none of them were groomsmen because Josh literally just had his family members and like Laurel's brother as, as groomsmen and his like literal best friends from college. And Josh is like 30 something. So in his early thirties, I think he's just 30, maybe, I don't know, Josh, sorry. If you're listening, Lolly, if you're listening, don't tell Josh. I just said he's 30 something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. 
So the point being, this was a pretty intimate group of groomsmen, okay? So we're getting ready on the wedding day. The bridesmaids are at Laurel and Josh's house. Josh and the groomsmen are out. They had a day of like activities planned for them. We were getting ready all day, getting hair and makeup, drinking champagne, opening gifts. So while the boys are playing pickleball and going to the country club, Joe was invited to go with a lot of the groomsmen to go do this during the day because he was one of the only people that we're like close with. Um, and especially the dates of bridesmaids, the dates of the wedding party who didn't live in Houston. The wedding took place in Houston, by the way. So he was one of the only people that would just be sitting alone in the hotel room by himself. So Josh, of course, the sweetest boy that he is, was like, please tell Joe he can come play with us. He can play pickleball with the groomsmen today. Like, it'll be so fun. We'll watch some football. We'll drink some beers before everyone has to start getting ready for the wedding. So I didn't even check in with Joe. We just kind of like parted ways and he went with the boys and I went to go hang out with Lolly and all the bridesmaids and we all got ready and all these things. So the party bus comes to the house to all the bridesmaids. Um, it's supposed to be filled with all the groomsmen, and it was. And then there was an addition on that bus, and it was Joseph. Joe arrived on the party bus <laughs> in a tuxedo with all the groomsmen. So I'm like, oh, this is this is interesting. I, I'm happy about this. I'm really excited because now I have my little partner in crime to go sit on the bus with me and get a little drunk before the wedding. So we all arrive to the venue a little bit early to take photos just for the bridesmaids and the groomsmen. Joe was kind of like an honorary add on because he had been with the boys all day and they were like, Hey, just hop on the party bus. We get to the venue. The venue is actually at Laurel's parents house. So they had like a backyard wedding. Uh, their house is pretty spacious. Let me tell you. And the backyard is large. So they just kind of transformed the whole thing into an event venue. And it was beautiful and amazing and perfect. And we get to the wedding <laughs> We're all out there taking photos. You know, the bridesmaids are all together taking their pictures. I've been corralled with the bridesmaids. I'm focusing on that. The groomsmen join us. They're they're positioned behind us all in a row. So like all the bridesmaids are in one row. Laurel's in the front. Josh joins her in the front and all the groomsmen are in the back. So I don't even think to look behind me in any of these photos because I just assume Joe is inside. Turns out... <laughs> Joe is in the groomsmen photos. So after they got off the bus, someone corralled them, put a little boutonniere on him and assumed he was a groomsman. So walked him over with all the boys, put them in a little line. And he is, when I say he's in, in the groomsmen photo, they're all just in their line. And Josh, of course, the groom is in the middle. His brother is next to him. And Joe is right next to his brother. Like, it's like Josh, brother, uh, actually, it's Josh and Josh's best friend and then Joe. Laurel's brothers, who are very close with Josh, are actually like six people away from Josh on either side. <laughs> Joe is in the middle of this. When they corralled him over, he didn't really know what was going on. And they just assumed he was in the right place. And he just assumed he was in the right place. And everyone was just taking photos. A few photos in, he realized he's in the groomsmen's photos. And he said he did say he, was, he tried to leave. And Josh was like, no, 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 you can stay if you want. So Joe, the person that Josh has known for literally nine months, is in his wedding photos. <laughs> they have a solo photo together. Joe then joined everyone for the group photo. I didn't even notice he was standing directly behind me. 
So Joe is now forever in the group. And my friend Laurel came over <laughs> that evening and was like, Joe, you better be around for a while, okay? Because <laughs> you're in my fucking wedding photos. <laughs> but overall, the wedding was fucking amazing, y'all. You guys can go look on my Instagram. I have a couple photos dedicated to, like, the the cake. Holy shit. The prettiest cake I've ever seen in my entire life. Just our bridesmaids' dresses were gorgeous. The whole scene was gorgeous. I expected nothing less, but it was just a wonderful night to have with my Texas friends. I always miss them. I'm always a little jealous that I don't live, especially in Houston, because they all live in Houston. And there's nothing like watching your, like amazing friends who you literally I could literally not talk to these people for a year come back see them and be like exactly at the same place with them um I literally love them so much and watching them just take Joe in as like a new friend was magical so that's my little life update that's the weekend update I didn't vlog or do anything like that so I wanted to give you a little bit of an update on that one and I had some questions about the wedding uh, and cause it was so beautiful. And again, you guys can find those photos on my Instagram. If you want to go save, if you need any wedding cake inspo, highly recommend going to check that out. All right. So let's get to the thick of it. Let's get to the main event. Why everyone is here. We are talking how to live your best single life. Like I said, this is a very important topic to me because I think that single life is so underrated and honestly weirdly sexualized like people think when I say single life and especially like if I talk to Joe and if I'm like hey today on FaceTime I was like hey I'm gonna do an episode right now about living your best single life and he looked at me like I was gonna go talk about having sex with everyone I'm like no sometimes I had sex with people (laughs) but it's not really about that for me when I talk about how amazing my life was when I was single. It's amazing now. I like being in love. Love is very, it's a beautiful thing, I will say. And I I do not take it for granted. I am so in love with Joe. It's, it's, it's been a great experience to fall in love really for the first time. But being single was a very, 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 very important part of my life and a very important part of who I am. And also, in most ways, the most natural way for me to exist. I don't like the way that people talk about single life. I don't like the way that people give it this like vibe of like being like lonely or desperate or whatever it is. Like, I I don't think that's what single life is about. I think single life is about being independent and making yourself like creating who you are uh, while at the t- same time, like exploring who you are and what you want and being really in tune with yourself, there's something really, really magical about it. I'm a person who's perpetually single, mostly in my life. Um, I always say that I'm, I was single for 26 straight years. There were some blips on the way. There were some guys I talked to. There were some guys that I really, really liked. Now that I'm in love currently, I don't think that I was in love with them. I was in love with them in the way that I thought I I thought I was in love with them, right? I, I wasn't. I met some really amazing men who did stick around in my life for a little while, but I it wasn't real. I wasn't absolutely in love. And um, the longest relationship, actual relationship I had was once. It was one relationship for eight months. So we don't even count that, right? Um, it didn't really feel like a relationship now that I'm in one. No shade to him. He was awesome. But I like to say I was single for 26 years. 
because I never really had a transformative relationship that made me want to stop my life and become a part of like a couple. My other relationships were easy for me. They were all long distance. Joe is long distance right now, which actually puts a lot less pressure on me and lets me kind of live that single life day to day without, of course, you know, the going out as much and obviously dating and all that stuff I can't do, but, uh, and I don't want to do for the record, but right now being a long distance relationship, I have a lot of those aspects of single life in my life currently, which I love. I absolutely loved being single. I love feeling independent. I love being like a person who's just free to do whatever the fuck I want. Um, and I really enjoy being alone. So I'm going to preface this with also, I'm a pretty introverted person. Being alone feels really good to me. It gives me a lot of energy. I find that when I'm being very social or around, not even social, like maybe around one person, I have to come home and like literally like retreat into myself and have some alone time. Also romantic relationships do not come naturally to me at all. Me telling you I've been single for 26 years essentially should tell you that. I don't, I don't have a propensity towards romantic relationships. I know there's a lot of people who do. So I want to kind of note that in the beginning, like my perspective might be different from yours. Don't be offended by my perspective. You're allowed to have your experience and I'm allowed to have mine. These might sound like hot takes that I'm about to dish out. It's just my experience. So I don't know what to tell you. Another thing about me is that I was never really attracted to very many men. I did hook up with guys, but I would do so when I was like tipsy and just like feeling it, like just wanting to like hook up with someone. I would, there weren't very many men that I like looked at and were like, wow, I would love to have sex with you. Like just in general. What's funny is when I asked you guys on Instagram, what you want to know about living your best single life, many of you said (laughs) that you find it really hard to be attracted to anyone, which I found funny because I felt that like truly felt that I actually living in Los Angeles, there's people of all different like sexualities. So for a while I was like, am I something else? Like I thought I was straight, but maybe I'm not. And I'm not even saying that in like a funny way. I'm not saying that in a funny way. I'm I'm being serious because there were so many dudes. I just like, they're just like, they didn't turn me on at all. Looking at them gave me no excitement. I would say like 90% of men, maybe more, honestly. So for a while there, I was like, am I something else? Like, am I asexual? Do I like women? I really thought about that for a while. I found out that I'm straight, unfortunately, but I had the same experience. You know, I would, I would get drunk. I would get tipsy. I'd hook up with guys that I liked as people, like things like that. But I never really had a guy that I was like, Whoa, holy shit, you're so hot. And like, I need to have sex with you right now. (laughs) So I feel you on that. Also, I want to note that before I met Joe, I had really, and I met Joe at 26, I had really kind of realized that I think there's a societal pressure on women to really, really, really value romantic relationships. I do think that they are very important, but everything we consume, movies, music, TV shows, you know, pop culture gossip. It's always centered around a woman and her sexuality and her love life and all this bullshit. And I feel like it kind of tricks us into thinking that like we need to be in a relationship. And I realized that kind of earlier on, um, in my twenties. And I was like, 
wait a minute. Uh, does being alone, like genuinely make me have anxiety or does it make me stress? Cause I'd find myself being like, Oh my God, I'm going to be alone forever. And kind of, you know, facetiously like joking about it. But then I realized I love being alone. So, you know, at 24, 25, I was like, wait a minute, I actually love being alone. So like, why is there this narrative that it's so bad? Like being alone forever is the worst thing that could happen. Right. So I realized at a time and I, I never stopped to think about what that actually meant and how much it actually doesn't suck at all. I know there's things about it that suck. There's always like, you know, good and bad and everything, but I, I don't think that I would hate that. There's definitely worse things than being alone. I have good friends. I have a solid family. I would have people around me and I trust myself and I'll be okay if I was alone. So I really digested that. And I honestly was prepared to be alone forever. And again, when I say it, it sounds like I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be alone forever. No, I wasn't like that. I literally was like, oh, I could actually be alone for the rest of my life and be totally fine. So I want to lead in with that because this is, that's a little background on me and my, you know, before I met Joe, even in my mid twenties, uh, you know, 24, 25 up to 26 when I met him, I actually met him like two months into my 26th year. I think that if I wasn't with, if I hadn't met Joe specifically him, I think I'd probably be single right now, unless I met someone else who was literally exactly like him. So I want to let y'all in on that info. Cause if that's you and if you can relate to that, we're normal. All right. That's very, very normal. And this is kind of my perspective knowing all of that. I'm about to give y'all some single girl tips. All right. So now that we're done with my background, let's get into, let's start this with the positives of being single. Cause I don't want to just delve into like, you know, a lot, a lot of people, when they answered my thing on Instagram about kind of talking about single life, having help with loving single life, answering questions about single life. There was so much focus on the negative, which I find to be a a theme in um, single women specifically sometimes. And I can generalize because I'm friends with women and I am a woman and everyone I'm around, we talk about it like it's a bad thing, right? So for me, the positive to being single when we're going to, we're entering into this discussion, I really urge you to stop looking at it like it's a bad thing or it's like a means to an end. Like, oh, I'm only single until I find the right guy, right? Why are we doing that? Like, stop doing that. You're single right now. It's not a bad thing. It's just a thing. And take advantage of what's going on in your life right now, right? For example, this is this is how I kind of look at this. When I was in high school, I was always so excited about the prospect of college. I was excited my junior year to go to college. I was excited my senior year to go to college. I was so pumped about college that though I didn't totally, you know, not live in the present in my high school life, I wish I would have been more in my high school life because I was looking so forward to college. College comes. Um, when I was a junior, I studied abroad. Or, well, I studied abroad in Los Angeles. Oh my God, that's so Texas of me. When I was a junior, I got an internship in California 
And I spent eight months in California at the end of my junior year. And I was ready to move right then. I was like, I'm not going back to college. I want to move to LA. I want to start my career right now. I know what I want to do. I don't want to graduate. I don't care. Whatever. Yada, yada, yada. Do I still wish I kind of did that? Yeah. (laughs) I'm kidding. I wish though my senior year, you know, my junior and senior year, I had been in college. I had really, really, really focused on that. And we all have these experiences. We all can relate to that on some level. When you're being single, when you are single and you look like at it like it's a means to an end, you're being single. It's one of those things you got, oh, you got to find a guy so I can move on with my life. Stop it. That's not the point. You're single. Live in your single life. There are so many amazing things about being single. One thing I used to remind myself, and this is one big thing that I realized when I was like 25, which is when your brain fully forms and you're like very logical and you just like know more things. Obviously, you don't know everything. But when I turned 25, I was like, whoa, things are starting to make sense. So I realized I was laying in this big hotel bedroom in this huge bed by myself. And I was like starfishing out and feeling like the cold sheets and everything. And I was like, wow. Okay. I am single right now. I've been single for a long time, pretty much. And this laying in this bed alone in this hotel feels like the most luxurious thing in the world. And I could think it was horrible because I want a hot guy with me or something. But one day when I do have my husband and my children and I'm sitting in my house, if that happens, I'm sitting in my house with them, similar to I'm sure y'all's moms, you might've experienced this with them. I'm going to want like a staycation like this so I can like go sit in a bed by myself in the quiet because that's what's going to be luxury to me once I have a full family and people want things for me constantly and I'm sharing a bed with someone every single night. Okay. I realized then I was like, wow, I need to enjoy this now because one day I'm going to look back on this and I'm going to be like, Oh my God, I wish I was alone in that hotel room bed, doing my little starfish, having the entire bed to myself. And it really hit me. There was something about that moment where it hit me that I would be in someone's bed every single day, one day, most likely a lot of us find someone for a period of time. Right. And I would wish that I was doing what I was doing exactly then for me, there was something about it that I like knew I knew like if I wanted to find someone, I probably would, but I wasn't going to like let up or anything. And that's where I thought, you know, I'd be alone forever because I'm not going to like settle or anything like that. But at that point I was like, shit, well, I'm probably going to want this back one day if I'm actually married with kids. And like, I am in a house full of chaos and just people all the time. Like I want this alone time. So remember that when you're laying in your bed at night, remember that one day, you know, if you want it. And if you find someone, which you will, if you want it, I promise we'll get into that in a second. One day you're going to be sharing your bed with someone for some period of time. And one of those nights you're going to be like, damn, I wish I was laying in this bed by myself. So that hit me pretty hard. Another wonderful thing about being single, besides being able to just be solitary and relaxed and at peace is you get to be free to do exactly what you want to do. Here's an example of that. When I was single, my friends and I would decide what we're going to do on like holidays. So like New Year's Eve, Halloween, things like that. We get together and be like, what the fuck do we want to do? The world is our oyster. We're a few single 
hot girls. What do we want to do on Halloween? We can walk up to any club and do whatever the fuck we want. And we had that whole, and we were in Los Angeles. (laughs) So like we were living. Okay. And now I'm in a committed relationship for a year and a half. Yeah. A year and a half almost. And I love doing things with Joe, but there's a different vibe to it. Halloween. Now we're doing couples costumes. Now we're going places together. I'm not with my friends as much anymore on those kinds of things. Sometimes we'll like join forces and do like my friends and Joe's friends. Sometimes it's uncomfortable because, you know, they're, they're not from the same place, et cetera. There's so many different things where when I was single, we were like, what are we doing for Halloween? Let's do the sickest thing ever. And then we would go do it because we were three girls just meandering about in the world. Now, all of that is different. I have to factor someone in. I have to plan with him. It's what he wants to do. It's what I want to do. I have to concede sometimes and compromise. That's a that's a very like minuscule example, but that's just like an example of one thing where I'm not free anymore. Also, when I was single, I went and gallivanted around Europe for a literal month. Also, we didn't, it wasn't that expensive, by the way. And we went around for a month. We stayed in Airbnbs. We traveled on cheap airlines. We did all the things. Oh, we stayed in the shittiest hotel in Ibiza I've ever, I've literally ever seen in my entire life. It was horrible, but it was so fun. I was gone for a month. I can't really like leave for a month or two now. Like I was just like free as a bird when I was single. And that was amazing and so special to me to be like, oh, what do I want to do today? Should we, let's go to freaking, what do we do first? We went to Paris and then we went over to, I think Italy. We went to Florence and Rome and then we went to Ibiza and on the way to Ibiza, we had a layover in Amsterdam and we were just like going with the flow. I didn't have to answer to anyone. I didn't have to think about calling anyone or texting anyone. I was just like fucking living my life. And that's a very single girl thing that I don't experience anymore. And I always, I feel like I keep, I have to qualify this with, I am in love and I do, (laughs) I do really love my boyfriend, but I loved this time so much too. So another question I get a lot, and this leads into the next positive is like, how do you fill your time when you're single? And I'm assuming this is coming from someone who like maybe is in relationships a lot or has been in a long-term relationship or is in, I don't know how, you know, however old you are, depending on how old you are, maybe back-to-back long-term relationships. So I'll just tell you everything that I was doing when I wasn't in a relationship and also everything that some ideas that I have for you. Okay. Things that I want to do now that I can't do based on my schedule and the fact that I FaceTime Joe most nights because we're long distance right now. So let me just let you know. Okay. For me, I didn't have a lot of free time. I moved to Los Angeles when I was 22. I literally taught myself how to be a blogger, Instagram person. And that took a lot of time and a lot of experimenting. And I worked all the time, literally all the time. So I thought about boys from 5 PM on Friday to Sunday morning. And that was the time that I thought about men ever. And then I moved on. And I just worked all week and I just kind of ran that cycle at 22, 23, 24. So to piggyback off that, you can start your own business. You can read, read a fuck ton. Okay. Read so many things all the time. 
sit down with a glass of wine, cup of coffee, some tea, and sit and like quiet or listen to some nice, like lovely background music and read a fucking book or 12. There is, it's so invaluable to have just like information. And I think honestly, reading is one of those things that makes you so much more interesting in the long run, because when you sit down to have conversations with people, you can always talk about the things that you read that are interesting. And I love to hear about that. I love people who read, like I genuinely love people who read so much. So highly recommend sit down with a book and do that with your free time. You can learn a new skill or a new language. That's another huge one. Talk about fucking impressive. Okay. Your future husband's mother is going to be like, well, my daughter-in-law knows French. And she couldn't say that if you'd never learned French, right? That's pretty impressive. For this, I really like Skillshare. I've actually worked with them in the past. Not sponsored. Skillshare, please sponsor me. Definitely recommend that. You can learn like basically anything on Skillshare. Language too. You could use like Duolingo for that. Um, Traveling is really helpful to learn a language. If you were learning Spanish, if you're learning French, wherever, go to a place where they speak that and, you know, learn to travel for cheap. That's a big one. Uh, But learning a new skill or language is is actually so fun. And that's something you can work on like either every day, every other day, once a week, whatever it is. Another thing to do is work out. Working out takes some time. That would take like an hour out of your day. And that's a that's a beautiful way to use your time. Gives you endorphins, makes you look hot, makes you feel hot. Highly recommend. Kind of in line with learning a new skill or language, learn to cook. Go home and after you work out, Maybe you're listening to your language podcast, learn to cook, practice cooking dishes, practice baking. I love that. That's another really great example. Plan nights with your friends, plan mini trips with your friends, plan staycations with your friends, have girls nights. I don't have to tell you to go out. Y'all already know to go out, go out and dance. If you want to dance, have some time with your friends, because I'm telling you right now, once I got in a relationship it became much harder to juggle my friendships and my relationship here in Los Angeles. My friends from Texas were the same as we were since I moved out here like five years ago, but my friends here in LA, I've definitely had to focus more on my work and then talking to Joe and going to visit him. And it's just so much stuff. Like there was no time like I had with my friends, like when I was single and we had the best fucking time in the world. Okay. Another thing you can do, imagine this, is going on dates. You don't have to be serious about it, but if you feel like you're working, you're in like a whole like kind of not, I don't want to say rut. If you're in like a whole, this whole cycle of like being alone all the time, like you work, you come home, you work out, you're listening to your podcast, you're making your food, you see your friends on the weekends or whenever you see them. Um, If you want to be a little bit social, go on a date. You don't need to like marry this man if you go on a date with him just fucking go on a date it's an easy way to be social it's an easy way to get a drink or two and some food for free it won't be the end of the world if it's a bad date like it's a funny story at the end of the day I always thought that was kind of funny I never honestly with my work stuff I never really had time to go on dates I went on a few I honestly don't regret any of them Uh, Another thing you can do is travel. Obviously, if you have all this time, go fucking travel, go see the world that again makes you so much more interesting in general. It makes you just like have a better perspective on things. And it teaches you a lot about yourself and about the world. 
And again, you don't need to be traveling to Paris and five-star hotels. Like there are ways to do this that are not super, super expensive. Another thing that I wish I would have done more (laughs) is learn how to do my makeup and hair like fucking perfectly. I wish I'd watch more makeup tutorials and literally just like in the evenings, gotten a glass of wine and sat in front of a mirror and did my makeup and practiced. That's another really good option. These are all things I wish that I did more of. Another thing, learn, this is kind of goes along with a skill thing, learn how to invest. Watch a Skillshare thing about it, about the stock market, learn how to invest your money and start playing around in the stock market. This is some boss bitch shit. You better get on it. This is some really amazing single girl stuff to do. It will only improve your life. Okay. Those are all my, my things that you get to do when you have excess time when you're single. I can do them. I can do them. Anyone in a relationship can do these things. But like, these are just like things that I would think of immediately to fill my time if I had free time. And that was a big question I got is how do you fill free time? Another positive, you get to cultivate yourself. I always love the term making yourself because you get to decide who the fuck you are. What do you want? You decide that. What do you like? What can you bring to a relationship? Who do you like? Who will you tolerate? Who will you not tolerate? These are all things that you get to decide. When you're single, you get to decide about your space. What do you want your space to look like? Uh, Cultivate your dream life. That doesn't mean you don't need to be a gazillionaire to cultivate your dream life. Take what you have and what your life is like now and make it what you want with what you have, right? Make it pretty. If you like candles on all the time, put your candles on. If you like a certain type of decor, you can be thrifty. You can buy things. You can also invest your money in things that you really love. You're a single girl. You can do whatever the fuck you want. And then when you cultivate this world, your your little dream world that you make for yourself because you fucking deserve it, people will want to be in that world with you because it looks so amazing and cozy and beautiful and great and you look like you're having a great time. Another thing you get to do is to get really clear on what you want. If you sit with yourself for a while, you get to decide, what is it that I want in a partner? Do I want a partner? What kind of partner do I want? Uh, What will I tolerate? What will I not tolerate? Like I said earlier, what do I really appreciate? And we'll get into that in a second because I think that takes actually like meeting, you know, let's say you're interested, if you're interested in men, it's, it's meeting men, going on dates, figuring out what you don't want. It's very helpful to find what you do want. I'm a woman who is interested in men. So that's the perspective I'm coming from. So if you feel like this is, if this isn't politically correct, sorry, I'm again, this is my perspective. So I'm going to speak from a straight woman's perspective on men. So you get to decide what you want in a man as a single woman who is straight, who loves men. Another positive thing is if you've ever been in a relationship, you don't have to have any of the negative relationship stuff. There's a lot of negative relationship stuff. I think sometimes when you get out of a relationship, you look back on it like it was great. And it probably was at some points, but every relationship has things that aren't great. Guess what? You don't have to do any of those. (laughs) You don't have to have any of those moments, which is a beautiful thing. So bask in that. Okay, so now we're moving on to the next section, and this is dealing with loneliness. All right, I want to start this off with it is okay to be lonely. There are much worse things in life than feeling lonely sometimes. Relationships have problems 
And beyond relationships, there are just worse things in life than being lonely. One of my favorite, favorite poets and writers, Charles Bukowski, has an amazing quote about this. And he says, there are worse things than being alone, but it often takes decades to realize this. And most often when you do, it's too late and there's nothing worse than too late. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And it kind of goes back to like my talking about earlier, like wasting all of your time being single and having all of this like potential and wasting it on just fixating on feeling alone when it's kind of one, a gift like I've, like I've covered, but there are worse things than that in this life. And you're never really alone, right? You have, maybe we don't all have family and friends and all these other extraneous people, but you have something, you have someone, you have people you work with, you have your family, you have your friends, you have, people are dying for connection all around you. So most often you're not completely alone. You're alone in some things, but you're not alone in this world. You can hop on social media and find people who believe the same things as you and share things that you can connect with. And in that way, I really don't, I understand the idea of feeling alone because I do feel it. But when I really think about it, I've never, I'm not alone as much as I think about it sometimes. Like I think that I am sometimes, And I think also there's nothing that feels lonelier than being in the wrong relationship that you force because you don't want to be lonely, whether that's romantic relationships or friendships because you just want friends or something. It feels so, so, so lonely when you're in a room of people that you just don't connect with. I feel more lonely there than I do when I'm by myself. I would say when it comes to loneliness, really focus on your friendships, focus on your family. For me, let's say, let's take me as a little guinea pig. I moved out here at 22. I didn't have any friends. I had my friends from back home though. And if I was ever feeling lonely, I would reach out to them. I would FaceTime them. I would text them. I would call my mom, my grandma. I just would talk to the people around me that I needed. Um, I would make friends or go find people on social media that I resonated with. And those things made me feel less lonely. These are things all at our fingertips. And I think that we really, and it might, it might be men too, but I find that women being a woman, I totally get it. We kind of overvalue this romantic relationship and think that it's all that there is when it comes to relationships, your friends and your family mean a lot as well. And those are very important people to invest time in. And those are the people you're going to miss when they're gone. Bottom line. So focus on them, focus on the people that you love in this life and don't focus on who you're lacking. That's a really important thing that I learned when I was single. So being alone doesn't mean that you have to be lonely. I think that's kind of more of a mindset. But again, if you feel lonely at times, that is perfectly normal. That's a normal human emotion. I've always been a person that's, well, not always. I would say once I matured, I've been a person that I value having feelings. I value, you know, times when I'm sad. I value times when I'm angry. I value times when I'm feeling lonely. Um, I am a person that goes through anxiety and depression. I even value those things. It's all a part of the human experience. Okay. Feeling these things is really important to who you are and who you're going to be. 
So don't look at loneliness like it's the worst thing that ever existed. And don't try to avoid it so much. If you're lonely, let yourself feel lonely. That's okay. I think when loneliness turns to desperation, it becomes somewhat negative. Again, desperation is another feeling. Like as long as you can acknowledge it in yourself, I don't think it's necessarily super unhealthy, but I don't think that it's going to be helpful to you when it comes to relationships. I think that if you let loneliness or the fear of loneliness most of the time turn to a desperation, you're going to be driven to fill a void. And sometimes we fill voids with relationships because we want attention and we want love. And it's all about our ego needing these things and needing just someone. And that never ends well. I think we can all attest to the fact that that never ends well. Another thing I noticed is that anything you feel, and I'm going to butcher this because I'm not like a neuroscientist type of person, but I do know enough about the brain that when you create, I I think they're referred to as neural pathways, when you have thoughts and they're consistent thoughts, it becomes really, really easy to rethink and rethink and rethink that that same exact thought, right? So if you're feeling lonely and you tell yourself, I'm lonely, I'm lonely, I'm so lonely, I don't want to be lonely, I fear being lonely, your brain is going to automatically fire in that way. You're always going to think about it. You're going to continue to think about it in, in circles. And this is when I think what I talked about earlier the learning new skills, doing new things, exploring, learning a new language, learning to cook, going on dates, meeting people. These things are so important because they they create new neural pathways. They create new ways of thinking. And I think that that's a really key thing and not fixating on anything, one. But in this case, fixating on being lonely. Fill your life with things that fulfill you. And I had one of my friends, Kimberly, who is someone I respect so much, And she was actually at the wedding with me this weekend. She wrote in when I was talking on my Instagram about this. And she was like, she told me that she was like, my best thing about this is fulfill the things or my best, you know, advice is to find things that really fulfill you in your life. And I respect her so much because she's my age. She's 27. She's been in relationships more recently. And she, she recently broke one off. I don't know if she's going to kill me for saying this. Kimberly, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I have to tell tell it. She recently broke one off because it wasn't the right one. And where we come from, everyone is like literally married or in a relationship and like is about to get married or engaged. And I always love people who come from places like that, who don't let that anxiety of being single really, really get to them to the point where they're not willing to break off a relationship they know is incorrect for them. Um, but she was the one I'll probably have her on the podcast too soon, but she was the one that, um, that wrote that in. And I, I totally agree. Do new things and, and, learn new things and explore. And I think that's truly a cure for loneliness. And you'll realize how not alone you actually are. All right. So now we're going to move on to another topic that you'll have asked for. Many of you asked for, and that's kind of how to be single and how to be okay with being single when your friends are either married or all in relationships. My first piece of advice here is I feel like you want friends from all walks of life, right? I think it's very important when you're single to find single friends. Depending on where you live, this could be easy or difficult. I live in Los Angeles. No one gets married here forever. Like we literally know, like very few people I know in Los Angeles are married. 
So it's very easy to do that here. But I think having single friends for that single side of you who wants to go out and do all these things that maybe people in relationships don't do as much, I think that's really important. And I'm telling you right now, single girls are always looking for other single girls. It's very easy to find them. For me, when I moved to LA and I met friends through friends or whatever, if I met them at a bar or a party or whatever, and I knew they were single and I was single, I would always comment and be like, oh my God, we have to go out together. Oh my God, we have to do this together. And generally we would. And we'd run as a pack and be so fun. So find some single friends, one. Two, I am the third wheel queen of the world. And my friends are fucking awesome. And their boyfriends slash fiancés slash now husbands are fucking awesome. So I, even now, like, because Joe is always off playing baseball for like fucking eight months out of the year. When I go do things, a lot of times if I go to weddings, if I do it, like go to events, a lot of the times I'll go with my friends who are in relationships and their boyfriends, maybe. Like I said, I was the queen of sitting in the backseat of the car watching my friend fall in love with a man in front of my face, and I was so fucking excited. So if these people are your friends, if you have really good friends with husbands, boyfriends, fucking be a little third wheel. It's actually kind of fun. I love being the third wheel. Probably because I love the men that my friends have chosen. They're always really fun, and they let me third wheel. But definitely... There's no shame in third wheeling. Hang out. I'm not talking about go, don't go like live at their house or their apartment, <laughs> but don't, there's no shame in like going to a wedding and like going with your friend and her boyfriend or her fiance or her husband. Like that's fine. Third wheel on those relationships. I think it's very important to be friends with people who are in relationships too. So you have friends from kind of, again, all walks of life and perspectives. I understand sometimes people are weird about their relationships and they're more, I don't know. They don't really like want to bring you into it as the third wheel. I I totally get that exists, but that wasn't my experience at all. I literally would go like hang out with my friend Tessa and her fiance and like literally just like stay at their house sometimes. Like we would all, we three would go to dinner and then go out and then we'd all come back to the house and like I would sleep in the guest room. And that happened for like two years. (laughs) Every time I visit Dallas, that would happen. So with my friend Laurel, who just got married to Josh, same thing. Like last time I was in Houston, me being in a relationship, Joe was playing. It was during season. So I was in Houston by myself and I went to dinner and drinks, obviously with Laurel and Josh and then like stayed at their house because obviously. Another thing I would say is don't compare. It's so easy for me to say don't compare yourself to other people. Because that's a whole nother topic. That's like a whole topic just in general in life is kind of like keeping your blinders on and living your life and not letting like your friend is in love and looking at her and being like, oh my God, that means I'll never be in love because she's in love now and I'm not, you know, that's a fucking whole different topic. It it's, it pertains to this. And in this certain subject, it does uh, actually, it's it's relevant, but I think it's easier said than done. And honestly, there's, there's a certain level of detachment that that takes. And I think I can't really sit here and preach about that because I'm just easily, I just am a detached person. I don't look at what other people are doing and think, Oh God, I'm not doing that. So I'm not enough. It's just, I'm very detached, which is not always a good thing. So I don't really know how to speak to that as much, but my only advice here that I can say, and I don't know how helpful it's going to be is like, if someone else is in love, and in a relationship, it has nothing to do with the fact that you think you'll never be in love or in a relationship. Like you just aren't right now. 
and they are right now, and that's okay. It says nothing about your entire future. So don't go into this crazy dark moment where you think this is some sort of symbol of what's going to always be happening in your life. That's all I can really say about that. Put your blinders on. It doesn't mean anything about you that your friends are in relationships and have found, quote, their person. Also remember, 50% of marriages end in divorce now. So I wouldn't look too hard into the fact that your friends are all dating people or married, okay? Even married. No one's safe in these streets. (laughs) And I throw that in there not to be like, negative, but just like to be realistic. Okay. So don't feel jealous of other people. You have no fucking idea what's going on behind closed doors and you have no idea what's going to happen. So stop comparing your singleness to their being in a relationship right now. Okay. So now we're talking dating. We're talking dating when you're single. So like I said before, being single is not like a means to an end. It's not like a hiatus period where you're like not living your life and you're just waiting to be, in a, to be in a relationship so you can start living your life. This is just your life. It's all your life. <laughs> whether you're single, whether you're dating, whether you're married, whether you're separated, you're getting divorced, you have been divorced. This is all just like, it's all your life. Being single is part of it. So don't look at dating to be a means to an end. Because I think when you do that, you try to slot everyone in as your boyfriend and you try to force it. And you don't even stop to think, do I actually like this man? (laughs) That's not being discerning. You need to be very discerning. This is a person that's going to be in your literal fucking bed. And if you get married to them, you're going to be legally bound to this man. So take a long, hard look at yourself first. Take a long, hard look at this person. And you don't need to rush the situation. Just let it flow. Relax. You're going to look back. Let's say you do end up with this man. Let's say you go on a date and this is the, this is the last first date of your entire life. Why were you thinking the entire time about how you're going to be, how you're going to get married to this guy? You're planning the wedding. You're doing all these things. I know it's kind of natural for us as women, but just enjoy the first date because you don't want to sit there with your grandkids and be like, yeah, the first time I met your your grandpa, I planned our entire wedding in my head. You want to be like, oh, I, the first time I met your grandpa, we had the best time. He was amazing. We did this. We did that. We did the other thing. You want to go into that. That's best case scenario, obviously. But you want to go into this feeling light and airy and like like my friends and I say all the time, like many people say, like water, right? You're going to go with the flow because at the end of the day, whether a date works out or it doesn't work out, you're going to be okay. You're going to be fine. It was a couple hours of your life, right? So if that, so don't look at this whole dating thing as like a game or a means to an end or a way to get power or a way to get attention and love, because you're really just going to meet another human being and like sip liquids or eat solid foods. So it's not that big of a deal. (laughs) Why do I think this way? And I think not forcing things is a really, really, really important way to be. Uh, It's obviously easier said than done. But I read a quote, another quote that I read on Pinterest that really stuck with me is being okay if it happens and okay if it doesn't is a very powerful place to be. And I think honestly that that describes 
true confidence in yourself. You're going to be okay. Whether or not, again, you're with someone, you're not with someone, a date went well, a date didn't go well. You're always going to be you. You always got you. You're always going to be okay. So you don't need to force anyone to be in your life and you don't need to force things on dates. Go on dates and know that. Have that like aha moment in yourself. And when you go on dates, just go on them and have a good time and like see what someone has to offer you. Stop thinking again as women, we always think like, are we going to be liked? Are they going to like us? Do you like them? (laughs) Stop. Just, just stop. Just relax. Dating isn't a mean to an end. It's just experience. It's just libations in a sexy, dimly lit room sometimes. That's all it is. It's not the beginning or end of any world. Another thing I want to note is like, this kind of goes off that don't slot, like don't look for like the, you know, I'm hiring as boyfriend. I need a boyfriend. So you have all these requirements and you're trying to slot someone for the job. I feel like going on dates when I was younger and in my early twenties, it's kind of why I stopped going on dates. I felt like men, especially from dating apps. We'll talk, we'll talk about that in a second. Sorry, y'all, this episode is probably going to be long, but I think it's worth it. I felt like when I would go on a date with someone, I always felt on dating apps that these guys were looking for girlfriends and at any second they could slot me in as their girlfriend because that's what they're looking for. And I was good enough. And they just literally like could slot me. And I had all the things they thought that they wanted that they made in their little list in their head. And they were like, Ooh, perfect. Found my girlfriend. And like, now I'm the girlfriend. I felt that vibe from so many guys on these dating apps. And it really, really turns me off. I can, I notice it right away in a lot of men. And I think men can notice it too. So don't like go on a date with someone and then just like make this grandiose story about the way your life is going to be without actually getting to know the person and then like try to date them even though you don't like them. (laughs) And if some of you feel attacked right now, I'm talking to you. Do not go looking for someone to play the part as your boyfriend. Just again, be like water, go on the date, learn about the human being, figure out if there's a chemistry there If there's a natural pull, if there isn't, you lost two hours of your life, it's going to be fine. In my experience, in my very minimal experience having relationships, meeting Joe was me actually wanting to date this man was very unexpected. I did not expect to date him. I didn't expect to date him since the moment we started messaging on a dating app. I did not expect to date him. When he and I were talking on Instagram, I didn't expect to date him when him and I were texting and FaceTiming all the time, though that should have been a like a <laughs> the fact that I was doing that willingly talking to a man every day of my life rare. I should have probably known something was going to happen. I didn't think I was going to date him when I met him in person for the first time. And by the way, y'all can go see the story of how Joe and I met on episode two. He's on the he's on. um He's actually my podcast a lot. So you can just go look for Joe Ross. He's on a couple different episodes, but episode two is when we just, we discuss how we met, but I didn't think I was going to date him when he came to the party the night I met him. Uh, I didn't think I was going to date him after I hooked up with him. I literally was not paying attention. I don't know where my brain was, but all of a sudden I was just dating him. It was literally the easiest thing that ever happened. And I feel like relationships a lot of the time come easy. So again, don't force what is it called? Don't force a square peg into a round hole. Or is it a round peg into a square? It's probably a square peg into a round hole. Don't force it. 
Just let it happen. Just go on dates, have a good time, relax, get your free drinks, get your free food, and then move on with your life. <laughs> and while we're talking about dates, go on them. I know I'm a, I'm not the right person to really talk to about this because a lot of the times, like I went on a couple of dates and stuff and I hadn't had a pretty good time. I knew I wasn't going to like go on second dates with the guys because I just like wasn't that interested, but I never really regretted spending that time with people sometimes. Like it was nice to get to know guys. And that was a very important part of me finding out what I liked and what I didn't like. When I would say dates, I meant like actual literal, like first dates, maybe a second date. I think there was only like one dude in my 20s that, or my early 20s that I went on like two or three dates with. A lot of the times I would like talk to guys, quote unquote, and like go out with them um, rather than going on dates because that was always easier for me. But I really regret. It's not that I regret it because I ended up with Joe and I'm I'm good with him. But I feel like going on dates is is can be annoying. I understand how it can feel time consuming, but I think if you don't know exactly what you want and if you're in your younger twenties to like mid twenties, go on dates, like go on dates, go, go tell the guy that you want to go on a date with, or the guy from the app, like meet for drinks. Don't make it a huge thing. Do not meet for dinner. Okay. Do not do an activity, go for drinks, go for an hour. Say, Hey, I only have an hour. Meet the guy, talk to him, and figure out what he's about. And if you want to go on a second date, you can. First of all, obviously, again, I always preach this. Make sure that you like him. <laughs> you actually like him after that. And just go on dates like that. Don't make it a big deal. But this is the way that you learn about men. You learn about what you like, what you don't like, You know who these people are. It gives you a little confidence boost. And I think it's really important to do that and put yourself out there because if you don't put yourself out there, it's not going to happen for you. If you want a relationship, you have to put yourself out there. Another thing about dating is, and kind of piggybacking off of putting yourself out there, I feel like finding the person you you might end up being in a relationship with doesn't really look like what you think it's going to look like. So give it a chance, like give people a chance to show you, because again, I didn't expect to be in a relationship with Joe. Honestly, I was not expecting that from day one. And I wasn't expecting that at day 60 either. Uh, honestly, when it came out of his mouth that he called me his girlfriend, I was like, wait, what the fuck did you say? <laughs> and that's an episode too, by the way, that whole story. But I did not expect it. And it's because it wasn't this big, like grandiose romantic experience that I had with him. It was just easy and natural and passive. And honestly, when I look back on it, I'm like, whoa, I didn't even realize I was entering into probably the most pivotal relationship of my life so far. But I thought it was just normal day to day. Like I really wasn't paying attention. <laughs> And I always thought that me entering into this relationship that would be a, a guy that, you know, I see myself being with for ever. I always thought it'd be, it'd feel different or it'd look different. Didn't, it wasn't this grandiose thing. So go on dates. If it doesn't feel like you thought it'd feel, that's normal, I think. Um, but you have to be out there and like doing the things and on the app sometimes and like going on the dates to actually find someone. So if you're someone who is single, who is interested in being in a relationship, put yourself out there. That's what you have to do. It's very simple. All right. So now we're going to get into a little rapid fire Q&A situation. 
Okay, so a common one I got is how do you handle not knowing if you'll find someone when you're single? I understand how this can be kind of difficult. And for me, I just had to rationalize it and being like and be like, oh wait, do I actually care? Think about that for a second. You are with yourself all the time and you're used to that. So would it be the worst thing ever to not find someone? It might be kind of boring sometimes, but again, there are a lot of horrible things about life. To me, that's not one of them because I just am confident in the people that I have in my life and my family and things like that. Also, I think that the more you fixate again on, you know, not finding someone and the negative in that, I feel like you'll just, you will think about it and think about it and think about it and drive yourself crazy. And it's as cliche as it is, it always happens when you're not expecting it. And I know it's fucking annoying to hear, but if you feel like you're not going to find someone, that's such a negative emotion. So switch that to just like, I don't know if I'm going to find someone. Right. And don't, and even that, don't look at it so negative. Like, I don't know, like look at it as like a opportunity for the the universe or whatever it is you believe, whatever spirituality or religion you practice, your, you know, God or whatever it is to surprise you. Like, we don't know everything in this world. Like, it's important to leave room for the universe to surprise us in a lot of ways. So, you know, you're saying, oh, sometimes you're sitting there like, I'm never going to find anyone, or I don't know if I'm ever going to find anyone. And it has this like negative tone. Just think like, oh, who am I going to find? Like, I don't know. Who am I going to find? What's going to happen to me? It's, there's this, there's a nice release in letting that go and kind of feeling like turning it into a positive where like, who could possibly walk into my life right now? Or who is in my life right now that could come and blindside me and like be the love of my fucking life. I don't know. I think it's really important to look at it that way. And that's kind of the way that I took it. And again, I like could say a million times, I always thought, you know, if I didn't find anyone, that's okay. Cause there's worse things in life and there's better things in life, you know, than being in relationships. I think that they're really, really, really important. And my life now is pretty defined by that, but I didn't have any less of a life when I didn't have a boyfriend, you know, like it's, it was a, I still lived an important life that I loved. Okay. So a lot of you guys said, (laughs) this is so specific. This girl is basically saying that hinge really sucks. I hear y'all. I got a lot of submissions that hinge sucks. And she says she goes out every weekend and never meets any new potential guys. So I was on the app Raya where I met Joe. I was on that at 21 years old when I was in college. That's when I first got on it. And I met Joe when I was 26. (laughs) I had been swiping on Raya with a brief hiatus of like eight months for five years. So if Hinge sucks for as long as Hinge has even been around, which is not even five years, I don't think, that's okay. You're not gonna just like get on Hinge and like find the love of your life, right? Again, you got to go on dates, which I know a lot of us are averse to. I totally get it. But, and I understand that most people suck. Most men suck. Sorry to generalize. Sorry if that's a hot take, but they bore me and they're annoying. So, and also they're not attractive most of the time. That's just the reality of the situation. So I understand what you're going through. Don't give up. Like with any good thing, don't give up. Leave room for the unknown. You can get on there. You don't need to make Hinge your full-time job, but like 
Get on there when you're a little tipsy with your friends, swipe through. You never know what's going to happen, right? You never know who you're going to happen upon. So my next question is, how do you find happiness from within and not rely on boyfriends to make you happy? Again, I think it really is just delving into like, literally imagine you're sitting in front of a whiteboard and someone asks you, what do you want your life to be? And then start doing it. Okay. The boy, if you're a straight woman, will come into the picture when he comes into the fucking picture. What do you want? What do you want to do with yourself? Do you want to learn new things? What do you want to do for your job? What do you want your like, fixate? What do you want your clothes to look like? What kind of outfits do you want to have? Do you like hair and makeup? What do you want your hair and makeup to look like? These little things, these little creative outlets that we have, you know, what, what activities do you want to do? What kind of workouts do you want to do? Picture your perfect life and put it down, put it down on paper, make a vision board, do whatever you got to do and do things that make you happy. Little things. Do you like having tea? Do you like sitting down with your, with a glass of wine and watching YouTube at night? That's what I like to do. (laughs) Do things that make you happy. Plan those trips with your friends, plan girls night with your friends, call your mom, call your grandma, call your brother, do what you got to do to make you happy and stop focusing on what you lack in male attention. Okay. This was a really good one. This is another question I got because I really relate to this. She's asking, what are your thoughts on the difference between being single and being hyper independent to the point of avoidance? So this one hit me. I felt called out by this one. I am, I am hyper independent. I also recently learned that hyper independence is a trauma response. So that's nice for me. I don't trust anyone to get anything done. That's why I work for myself. It's been very difficult for me to hire out. I don't trust anyone to do a good job of anything. And in that same, on that same coin, I don't trust people in relationships. I feel like I can't trust them. I feel like they're they're not going to give me what it is that I'm looking for most of the time. And I'm pretty negative about that. So also I hate, hate, hate relying on people. So I, I hate the fact that someone could be like half of me rather than me just being the whole me kind of thing. The, a lot of the ideas are around romance is you find your other half. For me, that was always really scary because I don't want to be half. <laughs> I want to be the whole me. Um, and I want to be able to be completely independent. And independence is a huge mark of my character and who I am as a person. And it has been since I was a teeny small human. I've always wanted to do things on my own and take care of myself. So this was hard for me because when I say being in a relationship is not my natural state, what I mean by that is it's not natural for me to kind of relinquish control of my time and control control of my person to another person. It's very weird to trust someone. It's very weird. I'm like a, like a rabid animal (laughs) that like doesn't trust anyone or anything. That's like getting used to my new person. Right. It's very, very difficult for me. So if you're going through this, I totally understand for me in this, in in that situation, the the thing that I had to do is kind of, like I said earlier, is give people a chance And when I'm very, when I feel that scary feeling of, oh shit, like I'm giving too much control or giving too much time to this person because it was Joe. And because I do, I do truly love him. I, and not 
the fact that I love him had no bearing on the fact that it was scary. It was very, very, very scary. And it still is every single day to allow this man to be so involved in my life. It's very weird. Um, So I understand the avoidant part. And I think the thing is, is we do this kind of stuff because we feel like we have to take care of ourselves, which is very, very, very important in this life. I think independence is a wonderful thing. But if it gets to the point of like avoidance of things because they scare you, that's when it becomes not helpful, right? So you have to do these things that scare you. And maybe sometimes you trust the wrong person, which is like the worst thing. Like I'm literally like want to throw up when I even think about that. But I think you have to learn to challenge yourself to relinquish control of your time and yourself to someone to even figure out if they are the person for you. And I realized that with Joe transitioning from being single forever to being in a relationship, I really have to learn to let him do things for me and to let him feel like he's needed in my life. Cause of course I'm like, I don't need no man. Right. And it's, it's been a lot for me to relinquish a portion, honestly, of my independence, not always because I, I can always take care of myself, but to let him, you know, pay for things, let him do things for me. It's been hard for me to learn that it's been unnatural. So I think if you're the person that struggles between, you know, if you're single because you are so hyper independent and you avoid relationships, I think you're on the opposite spectrum than what I've been mostly talking about that you need to let, you need to let people in because the only way anyone's going to prove that they're able to meet you where you are and to give you what you need is you, you have to let them try and let them show you. So if it's scaring you, you're probably going in the right direction, even though it's scary. Cause I totally get it. My friend. All right. I had a lot of questions about how to get comfortable being single after a long term relationship. Let me say that I don't know what this feels like. I I have no idea what it feels like, so I don't have the right perspective to exactly tell you, but I can tell you from a third party perspective that for starters, because I have a, I have a friend who's going through this right now, it's totally okay. And it's totally normal to feel sad. Even after you make the, the right decision for yourself, you're mourning something that especially if you're in a long-term relationship and this person has been in your life and your daily life for a long time and a big part of it, it's okay to feel sad. It's also okay to feel sad when you know it's the right decision to be away from them. You also need to realize like those memories that you have with that person, you obviously had some really amazing ones and those don't leave you. And anytime you were able to feel love and, and feel safe like that, even if it ends, those don't leave you. And it's so, you're so lucky that you felt that and you felt that wonderful feeling of feeling like you're in love and you always can, you can access that feeling whenever you want because you know what it feels like. And even though you feel the negative feelings that are associated with it as well on the other side of it, and you've, you've broken up, like you get, you got to feel that in your life. And that's amazing. There's also so much love out there. The fact that you would think that like, only one person on this entire planet of like billions of people could show you love. It's it logistically doesn't really sound correct, does it? And I'm all about logistics. So there is so much out there. Again, I I encourage you to look at this, like what is life going to give me next? Because that was beautiful and that was great. And it ended and that's okay. 
and I'm sad that it's, that it's over and that's okay. And what is life going to surprise me with next? I always think that's such an important way to look at things. Another thing is periods of transition and periods of stress and not knowing what's going to go on and, and just transition in general. That's where your life is. Like think of the beginning of every romantic comedy. They don't start in a place that's like the highest of highs. They start somewhere that's very realistic. Maybe you just broke up with your boyfriend, your long-term boyfriend, and you don't know what's coming next and you're sad and you're eating chocolates on the couch. That is standard practice because everyone realizes like, yeah, it feels really low, but that's like the start of something. Now you get to get, again, get in front of that whiteboard and build whatever the fuck life you want. Go do it. And give yourself some grace. Let yourself feel sad. You're allowed to do that. Again, it's part of the human experience. You can feel sad. I don't know why everyone's always trying to avoid sadness and being upset. You're allowed to feel those things. Those are normal things to feel. And they're 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 good to feel. They make you who you are. Most like art and amazing like songs and movies and things like that, culture comes from like not good emotions. What we'd, we, what we'd say is bad emotions, anger and sadness. Happiness too, but like, boring. (laughs) So many beautiful things are created from being at like, quote, a low point, you know? So I always think of that as like, what, what kind of comeback are we about to have? What are we going to build right now? And I hate to be like a freaking motivational speaker, but that's just how my mind works. I love starting over. I love like that whole, I love the aesthetic of starting over. It's a beautiful thing. So it's not the end of your fucking life. It's the beginning of your new life, whatever the fuck you want it to be, right? Because we're always trying to reinvent ourselves. So like, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? Let's do it. So someone asked, you know, like I've, I've actually referenced this earlier. She says, everyone says it, which I mean, I think it means like love happens when you least expect it. And then she says, dot, 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 in all caps, how do you not expect it? Here's how I didn't expect it. I was so involved <laughs> in my job, in my social life, in my, you know, apartment. I had so much shit going on that I wasn't even paying attention to my love life. Again, if I found myself with free time, I filled it. So I did think about men. I did harp on men sometimes when I was single. Obviously, we all do it. But most of the time, I was always trying to just like fill my time. For me, that was work. I wish now, looking back, and moving forward, I'm going to change this a little bit, but uh, I wish I'd focus more on, again, things like learning skills, learning life things, traveling. I fucking wish I would have learned French by now. I took French for like seven years in school and I never learned it. So that's why it's on my list <laughs> of things I would do every single night. Instead of talking to Joe on FaceTime for two hours, I would learn French. I think what people mean by when you least expect it is like, You're just living your fucking life. And maybe you are harping on a guy from five years ago and you're like, oh shit, I wish I would have talked to him. Or, you know, when I met Joe, honestly, I was in the middle of like, I wasn't like really talking to this guy, but I was like kind of talking to this guy for like a year. And we were in the same like friend group and we just were like back and forth for a year and like it never really worked out. And instead of getting worked up about it and really fixating on it and why it wasn't working out and like being attached to this one thing, I just lived my fucking life in the midst of all of this. And then I met Joe and then I was like, oh, see ya. (laughs) Why did I ever, ever even like think about that other guy in the first place? Cause I met a literal God. So for me, it was just 
not fixing on men too much, really focusing on my friends and how much fun we were having and uh, having a good time. Literally at all, at any time I was being social, my idea was just having a good time. I didn't go out to meet guys. I literally went out to have a good time with my friends. And I threw myself into work. I started a bunch of new things. And honestly, when you ask, you know, we did, I did that episode with Joe, the first episode I did with him, when he was asked what it is that he likes most about me, it was about my ambition and my, me having my own life and me doing my own things. So inadvertently, that's really helpful, actually. Uh, So throw yourself into some new stuff. If you find free time, fill it. Relax. If you want to relax, learn your French, learn your cooking, start a business, hang out with your friends, go on dates, do a bunch of different stuff. And then you're not focusing so much and fixating so much on finding a man. And that's what they're talking. That's what people talk about. I think in my opinion, that's what I'm talking about when I'm like, when you least expect it, you're just not fixating on it. You're not trying necessarily. This question says, how do you not settle until you meet your person? So, like I said, for me, meeting Joe, it was the most natural thing. It was the most natural relationship or situation with a man I've literally ever experienced. And I think this is one of those things about being single when you fixate on a guy that's not right for you because it's not working out. And then you're always like thinking about him all the time because you want it to work out and it's not working out. That blinds you from finding the one you're supposed to be with. So if you're always thinking about the guy that's not that's not giving you the time of day, that's not texting you back, that's not meeting you where you need to be met and giving you the things that you need for a relationship. So instead of, you know, kind of dumbing down what you need to fit what he is doing, you need to feel free of that. Don't anchor yourself onto someone like that because someone amazing could come by and you could not even see them because you're focused so much on this other guy who's not even working out in in the first place. That's a huge single girl tip. Don't fixate on guys that aren't working. For me, I didn't do much to to start dating Joe. Like it literally just happened. And honestly, he did a lot of the legwork. So don't fixate on someone who's not working. Don't and that, what that's another way to say don't settle because if you are settling, if you're fixating, if you're doing all these things, you will miss amazing guys because you won't give them a chance because you're fixated on this guy that he's not even giving, giving you attention right uh and i i'm speaking firsthand i dated a guy when i say dated i say i mean like we talked for a very long time in college and who you know had i not come out of that relationship or had not like had that aha moment where i woke up and i was like "Ooh, wait what the fuck am i doing i wouldn't have met the guy i dated next who changed the trajectory of my dating life forever and he was such a good person. We actually never technically were boyfriend and girlfriend because there was a lot of complication there. But I do remember what it felt like to be with him and to be with his family and stuff like that. Like I said, very complicated. And it led me to meeting Joe. So all of these things kind of built upon each other. And it's because I didn't, I didn't settle. When I knew something was wrong, I moved on, even though it was hard. All right, this is a quick one. What do you do if dating gives you anxiety, like social anxiety? Listen, if anyone understands anxiety, it's me. I don't understand everyone's anxiety because yours might be different than mine. I have social anxiety. Um, I just had to do it. 
But I have a tendency to do things that really scare me. I literally face them head on. I'm like, fuck it up. Let's fuck this up. Let's do it. Because I don't want to be scared of things. So I feel like if I just throw myself into it and I just like impulsively do it, uh, I won't be scared anymore. And guess what? I've been right. (laughs) So you just got to do it. Pretend like a robot took over your body and you're not even the one controlling yourself and go fucking do it. Okay. That's my biggest advice. Because once you do it, you realize like it's actually not that scary. And you, it's not that it's harder when someone else is like, oh, it's not that scary. It's easier when you actually experience it and it's not that scary. Then you're like, oh, okay. It's not that scary. You know? So you just got to do it the, the one time. You just got to break down the wall and do it. Okay. This girl asked because I did a whole episode on manifesting my boyfriend, which I 100% still stand by. I think I did. You can go find it. It's literally called I Manifested a Man or something. I can't remember which episode number it is, but this girl says, I know you said manifesting played a huge part in your current relationship, but do you ever feel like telling yourself something will happen and then it and then when it doesn't sets you up for disappointment? So a, a large part of manifesting is letting go of a timeline. So if you listen to that episode, a large part of like, of it is just knowing it's going to happen at some point, but like the timeline's not even the timeline's not over right now. Right. So you don't manifest something for me. I just have never been like, I'm going to manifest this in the next week that I meet my, the love of my life. When I was doing that, when I had that moment of knowing that I would meet someone, you know, like X, Y, and Z and had these, these specific characteristics, which by the way, I said, I said that to myself, at the beginning of me turning 26. And again, go listen to that episode. It's a whole thing. But part of manifesting is not being like, oh, it didn't happen yet. I'm so disappointed. It's letting go and it's a quiet knowing that it will and not worrying if it happened yet or not. Because you know that it will. That's a huge part of it. So definitely go listen to that again, maybe. As I talk about that in that episode. All right, we're going to end on this one because this is possibly my favorite question just because I have such an easy fucking answer for this. This girl says she's newly single and her ex was kind of offended that she wanted to move to New York City from Texas. She said she's very nervous because of all the negative things that he had to say about being single in a new city. My friend, my friend, being single in New York City as a woman who has your own thing going on, your own apartment your own monies, your own things to do, your friends. You might be the most powerful person in the fucking world. There is nothing like New York City and there's nothing like New York City when you're single in your 20s or your 30s. Holy shit. That is the best case scenario. Move to fucking New York City. Do your thing. Going on dates. There there was actually a long period of time where I would only go on dates if I was in New York City. Because it's so fucking easy to go on dates. A lot of my friends there would literally like go on two or three dates a night. They'd be like, I met a guy for for drinks. And then I had to run down the street and meet another guy for drinks. And then I ran down the street and (laughs) met another guy for drinks. People are trying to date in New York. It's like a part of the social scene. It's so fun. If you're in fucking New York City and you're single, I'm so fucking jealous of you. That is my dream single life. When I was in my early 20s, I could not afford to live in New York. How I wanted to live in New York. So I live in LA, which jokes on me it is pretty much just as expensive. We just have different expenses, <laughs> but this is not like a dating town. LA is not really like a dating town, but there's so many people who are young 
please go to New York. Also, if any of you are single right now, go to New York, hop on Hinge, go on a little date in New York. Be safe, but do it. It's so fucking fun. I love going on dates in New York. I've had some of my best memories with guys that I literally don't even know their names. Not like hooking up wise or anything like that, but like running through the freaking rain while he's holding the umbrella and I'm trying to find pizza because I'm tipsy and I want pizza. Fun times. Couldn't even tell you that guy's name. I went on one date with him because I was just in New York and I was feeling the vibes. But that's what I'm saying. Go have these fun times. And girl, if you are going to New York City, that's not even a fucking question. Literally everyone else is having a way worse time than you being single if you're going to New York. Also, there's fucking hot guys in New York. All right. So some parting tips before I leave you guys. My parting single life tips. Okay. So my first tip, you need to realize that you are your home. Okay. The thing is, we don't really know if the world is actually real happening around us. I know that I'm real in my head and my brain and I have me, right? Everyone else could be like a figment of my imagination or like a made up thing. (laughs) This is just how my mind works. But really, logistically, you are your home. I actually had one of my favorite moments as an influencer blogger. I, I, um, two years ago, I think went to fashion week in New York and I went to this cute little restaurant and I took a photo with one of my friends just eating like an amazing fucking meal, like my favorite thing to do. And I, I posted on Instagram and the caption was I've, I've made a home in myself and I love it here. And I would say a couple months later, a girl reached out to me and she was like, Hey, or probably, I mean, probably more than a couple months later, maybe a year later, she was like, Hey, I just wanted you to know, you don't know me obviously, but I wanted you to know that this caption really struck me. And when I had times of doubt and all these other things, uh, I returned to this photo and I returned to this caption and it really meant something to me. I'm paraphrasing that you said it like this. And I thought of, you know, making a home in myself. And I think that's such a huge thing to realize as a single person, as a person in a relationship, you are your home. You live in your body and you are your home. I want you to sit with that. And I want you to be really aware of the fact that you are very important, not only to the world, but to yourself. You need to show up for yourself and you need to do things for you. Another thing that I would please beg single girls to stop doing as much. You can do it a little bit because I know we all got to do it. Stop complaining about being single. Okay. It's a beautiful thing to be single. It's beautiful to be facing the world, how you want to face the world. And it's a part of your story. It's a part of your life. One day, if you are in a relationship or when you're in a relationship, You're going to think back to the times that you were single and you don't want to look at those times that you were just like begging to be in a relationship the whole time or so sad that you were in a relationship. Fucking live your life. This is your life. Again, you are your home. Live your life. It's okay to feel lonely. It is natural. I give you permission to feel lonely. That's okay. There are worse things than being lonely. Another quote that I read on Pinterest that really stuck with me is, uh, you are what you love and not who loves you. And think about that for a second. Think about all the things and the amazing, beautiful things that you love in your life. That's who you are. So focus on what you have. Focus on what you love. Do things that make yourself happy. Little things go a long way in showing yourself 
how important you are to you. And I do them every single day. I'm in a relationship right now. I take myself to dinner all the time because that's important to me. I like to sit down. I like to have a nice meal. And sometimes I don't want to coordinate with a friend. Sometimes I want to go have a nice meal right now. So I did that tonight, literally before this. Go listen to my taking yourself on a date episode as well, because that's very important to me. And that's something that everyone needs, in my opinion, needs to be doing. Sit with yourself at a dinner table. Challenge yourself to do that. It's okay. No one actually cares that you're alone. You care more than anyone else what you look like eating alone. You're enjoying your meal. To me, one also when I do that, like I've never been not approached more by men because that's also annoying when they do that, but people are really usually impressed by that. They're like, oh, that's cool. Like you're sitting here by yourself, like just reading a book and like taking yourself to dinner. Yeah. Because I love it because that's something I love to do. So maybe what you love to do is eat and you like to go do that. It doesn't need to be a nice meal. Maybe you want to have a cup of coffee and read a book at a cafe. Go do that. Start showing yourself love because that's going to give you confidence and that's going to show you how you can take care of yourself. And it'll set a standard for how other people are going to take care of you as well. Lean on your family and friends. Damn, take them to dinner. Take your friends and family to dinner. Have them take you to dinner. Those are really important things. Another thing, obviously, like I've said a million times, explore, learn new things. Learning new things takes time. Relationships take time. If you are not in a relationship that's taking all your time, go use that time to learn cool shit. Because now whoever you date next is going to be bragging about how his girlfriend, like, again, knows French or like is a really good like day trader because she learned. (laughs) And she taught herself on the internet, go learn things, give yourself challenges, go do them. One of my favorite Dolly Parton quotes, and I fucking love Dolly Parton, y'all. She says, find out who you are and do it on purpose. So go fucking find out who you are, my girl. Another thing that's really important is to enjoy this single life. And I, I think of it in like enjoying the space between where you are and like where you're going. So kind of like the journey of it rather than just only focusing on being in a relationship. Let's say you picture yourself being in a relationship. You want to be in a relationship, still enjoy this time because you'll, you'll be in a relationship one day and then you're going to be like, why did I waste all that time worrying about this? (laughs) Because you're going to have new problems in that relationship to worry about. So relax the space between, you know, being single and being in a relationship is a beautiful place to exist and let yourself truly exist in that. Ooh, a really good thing to remember is if you know your love languages, if you don't go take that love language test online, I don't know where it is. Don't DM me and ask me. I have no idea where it is. I just Googled it. But when you know your love languages, practice them on your own self, like actually do them to yourself. Give yourself gifts, spend time with yourself, like meaningful time. Tell yourself your affirmations. Actually practice those. Remember to stay in your own lane. Don't focus on everyone else's timeline. Time isn't even real anyways, so who gives a fuck? And just live your goddamn life. Stop looking at everyone else's life and thinking, oh no, that has a reflection on my life. That's a little bit of a narcissistic quality that we all have. Like we're like looking at people's life and we're like, oh, this has something to do with me. (laughs) It fucking doesn't. (laughs) It's okay. All right. 
try to try to backtrack and really dive in there. That leads me to my next point. Therapy is amazing to start when you're single. I fucking love therapy. Get in there. Get in the nitty gritty. Be sure that you're not. We're all going to carry baggage into relationships. We're not going to be perfect. Right. And the point is to not be perfect. Just finding someone else who is okay with the kind of imperfect that you are. But start some therapy. Go to therapy. That does take time and commitment, just like a relationship does, by the way. Go to therapy. Learn about yourself. Learn about the things you might bring into a relationship. Learn about the things that you do. The hyper-independence, for example, is one of the things I've learned about in therapy. I highly recommend going to therapy if you are single. If you're in a relationship, of course, go to therapy as well. But if you're single, that's a great thing to do. That's a great parting tip. And lastly, I just want you guys to have fun because life is serious, but it's also not that serious. All right? Nothing is that serious. Being single and wanting to find a man, it's giving me first world problems, kind of. So it's just not that fucking serious. Just have a good time. Do things that make you happy. It's going to be okay. You're going to be fine. We're all going to be fine. We're on a weird little floating rock in space and we just made a weird society on it. We're all doing our best. You're doing your best and you're going to be okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) You've listened to me babble for like, what, an hour and a half, more than that, you're going to be fine. And I just want you to remember to have a good time and be lighthearted about things because it's just not so serious. And that is where I'll leave you guys today. I hope you guys liked this episode. I know it's like a little longer than normal, but I wanted to make sure that I kind of touched on everything that I really wanted to touch on. Sorry if I rambled a little bit. I just, I, I'm having a conversation with myself. (laughs) I'll actually put a picture of what I look like right now on the Instagram at NTS by PS. I've got my zip patch on. I've got my blue light glasses on. I have my wine. I'm sitting in the worm layer, AKA on my couch and I'm having the best time. And I really wanted to give myself extra time to thoroughly explain why I think being single is such a powerful place. And I think it's so important. I'm so fucking sick of people talking about it. Like it's the worst thing in the world. It's fucking not the worst thing in the world. Like get it together. Okay. (laughs) Women have never had more power in the world than we have right now in modern society. So get it together, go live your best fucking life. And most importantly, have a good fucking time. On that note, make sure here's the promo corner. You guys can follow the podcast at NTSYPS, like I said, on Instagram. On TikTok, you can find Note to Self at Note to Self Pod. I'm fucking loving my TikTok audience. It's an audience I never really thought, like, I, I started a TikTok for the podcast and I never really thought much of it. And literally, I've posted not that many times. And I have like 30,000 followers almost on there, which is annoying because I've built an entire career about trying to build a following on these apps and nothing has come easier to me than the fucking TikTok for my podcast. (laughs) So that just goes to show you, you can't force things. Some things just happen on their own. 
Go follow that on TikTok if you guys want to see little like sound bites or whatever to save and send to your friends. Make sure to rate and review. That helps my podcast so, so much. And I'm having such a good time talking to y'all via this platform. I fucking love podcasting, mostly because I can do it from my couch and I can do it wine drunk. Make sure you are subscribed on Apple Pods. If you're on Apple Pods, make sure that you're following on Spotify. It's the same as subscribing. If you have both, fucking do both. Sounds great. You guys can follow me at Peyton Sarton. You guys can find me on YouTube. I hate to say it, but my vlogs are pretty sick lately. My editor and I got into a really good editing like scheme kind of in the past two vlogs and we fucking love it. So my New York vlog is live. My secret date with Joe is live where he basically, basically I forced him for the video because <laughs> I wanted to take a YouTube video while I was visiting him in DC last time. I uh, told him he had to set up a whole surprise date for me and I couldn't know what we were doing until we went on the date. And also just it's such a good idea. That's it's, it's actually so fun, but he set up the cutest date ever. So go check that out on YouTube as well. Otherwise, I love y'all so much. My single friends, I'm forever with you. I genuinely am. I feel like I'm one of you still. <laughs> I feel like I'm fl- I will forever have my single girl mojo. And I want you guys to go live your best lives. Okay. And with that, I leave you and I will see you guys next Thursday.